Man, Merry Christmas, guys. I love this time of the year and uh, the songs we get to sing. Hey, just real quick before we dive into to this, just want to remind you of some things that you saw in the announcement video, just some, some things coming up to be aware of. Uh, next Sunday, we will not gather here for, for worship. We are going to encourage you guys just to enjoy your family next weekend and, uh, and celebrate the birth of our Savior there in your home. Now, we, we are going to make available for you a kind of a family worship guide for those of you that would choose to, to take advantage of that. Next Saturday evening, we're going to be gathering on Bernie's Main Plaza for Christmas in the city. Have you heard about this yet? It's a, we're going to uh, we're going to gather there in, in, on our town square and uh, uh, and, and sing. We we start this is our fifth year, I think, fifth year to do this. And uh, we started this before we had a building. Uh, for for years, we didn't have a Christmas Eve gathering because we couldn't meet in the school that we were were renting. And so uh, we just kind of stepped out about five years ago and said, "Hey, let's just uh, let's rent the town square and see what happens." And and I'm telling you, it is a beautiful, glorious evening as we gather in the center of our community and sing about the birth of a Savior, and, and, and I'm going to preach my socks off that night as well, uh, and we're going to light candles and sing. It's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful night. So we want to encourage, if you can, to join us next Saturday at 6 o'clock. It's, it's just under an hour long, so you'll be out of there by 7, and uh, go home and enjoy your family traditions, eat tamales, whatever you do there. Um, uh, but it'll be wonderful. For some of you, I know that maybe that doesn't fit in your schedule. And, and here's what I want to encourage you to do. There are so many incredible worship gatherings taking place next weekend. Hey, find one somewhere and plug in. Uh, we, there are some, some churches that are actually doing um, war, uh, Christmas Eve gatherings on Friday night. I'm going to go. I'm going over to Cross Mountain on Friday night. I'm going to go steal Pastor Randy's sermon and re-preach it on Saturday. That's what preachers do. I mean, you're going to hear Joel Osteen's sermon here in a few moments that I downloaded last night. But uh, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. My wife's like, please tell people your joke. I'm just a joke, okay? Um, but by the way, I loved it last week. I don't know if, if you guys got to see any of our stuff on Facebook. But last week when I was talking about uh, uh, the first Noel and, and the author, no six stanzas, you know, talks about the wise man, and I was just kind of, you know, the, the song was written by a peasant that did not have access to the word of God, and, and, and so there were some discrepancies. For instance, it wasn't a star that led the shepherds to where the, the child was born. We don't even know if it was a cold winter's night that was so deep. We don't know that. Could have been in the springtime when the saviors, could have been in the fall. There's so much to, anyway. Um, but then he talks about the wise men that came. You know, the wise men, you know, I said last week, the wise men did not come to the, the, the manger scene there in Bethlehem. Uh, it was either 40 days or up to two years before they found the Christ child in his home with his, with his mother. So last week, you know me, if you've been with me any amount of time, you, you know that most of the stuff I say is not really true up here. I just make, no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. But, but I said, you know what, man, if you've got those nativity sets with wise men in it, you know, it's really not biblical, you know, and we need to get rid of the wise men, you know, and we had a gentleman in our church said, okay, I got this. And he posted on Facebook this week. He said, Pastor Jason, want you know that I've single-handedly confiscated all the wise men in the Bernie and surrounding areas, and I'm, I'm holding them hostage, and, and I might release them back after, after Christmas. Well, somebody on Facebook thought he was for real. And they said this, what's that pastor at 1910? Why would he be against the wise men, and why would he promote stealing people's nativity? I never told people to do that. It was a joke. So he went on and corrected it and made it right. So anyway, 
I don't know where I was going with that. I've had a stroke and I just go places somewhere. So focus, kid. Next Saturday is going to be great. Find a place to worship. I think that's where I was. And uh, it'll be a great time as we worship with uh, family and friends, and uh, we want to encourage you if you can join us. And, and, and listen, January, the, so we won't meet next Sunday, but we will meet January the 1st. We're going to have two services that day, two worship experiences. We're going to do our 10 o'clock and 1130, and uh, it's going to be a communion service. We're going to focus on the Lord's Supper, remembering what the sacrifice our Savior made for us, consecrating ourselves, uh, rededicating ourselves to be of His use and His glory for 2017. And uh, we hope that you'll come and join us. It'll be a very, very powerful, special time. And I'm going to let you know about the 8th. On January the 8th, I'm going to preach what we pastors oftentimes call a one-off. A lot of times we package sermons and series, you know, preach through a book of the Bible or a word for a year, whatever. I'm going to do a one-off on January the 8th during our series under God. Do you remember that series we did just a few, few weeks ago? Uh, that was the time that my event took place and I was not available. I wasn't here three out of the five or no, I don't know if I preached. I did preach one, I think, but uh, there was a sermon that the Lord gave me that, that I just feel it's, it's, it's too important not to, for you to hear it. It needs to be shared. It, it's, it's, it's a sermon that d- deals with this, praying miraculous prayers. I don't think we pray big enough. I, I think we pray, play it safe type of prayers you know, things that, that can be explained or might happen. I, I'm going to preach a sermon on January the 8th about praying for the miraculous to happen. Do you believe in miracles? I, I'm telling you, I do because I've experienced it and it's changed me and it's, it's, it's messed me up in a good way. But, but I'm going to preach a, a message on the 8th. And so I hope that you'll come. And then on the 15th, I'll just tell you one more. Gosh, let's go through all 52 weeks of the year and just tell them what we're going to preach. I don't know after the 15th, but I do know. On the 15th, I'm going to invite my wife and my girls to join me on the platform. And we're going to tell our story about what happened on that morning of October the 21st in our home. And uh, we'll unpack the events that took place, uh, what happened. More importantly, I want to share with you guys the things that God has been showing me as a result of this time. You know, God doesn't take us through things to... uh, mm, What the enemy intends for evil, God turns for good. And there's something good from that. And so I want to share with you guys the incredible things that God has been showing me over the last two months since, since I had my stroke on October the 21st. And, uh, and so anyway, some of you here today may not know that I had a stroke. I know that there's one church that's been praying for my cancer. I don't have cancer. Um, um, I'm just bald, okay? And it just doesn't grow. And uh, um, it's in my ears and back, but it's not. Anyway, um, I had a stroke, and I want to just kind of share with you guys what God has shown us through that and, and how he's made us better. Uh, I believe um, preaching from a different perspective now. Have a new heart for people and a, and a softness there that, that just, you know, is, is, is new for us. And so we're excited about that, okay? But today we got an incredible sermon as well. Sorry for all the advertisements and what have you. Um, today we want to look at this song, Oh Holy Night. And I love the song. It's It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, it's not one of the longer songs that we sing this time of the year. But, 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 but I love this song because it tells of a night in history that is different than any other night in history. It, right? I mean, I think, is, is there any 
other night that is as celebrated as, as Christmas. There, there's, there's not. Is there any other birthday? Is there any other person that has ever entered our world in which the world seems to come to a halt and stop as it does for, for the birth of, of Jesus, right? Some of you have been getting ready and celebrating his birth since October. You, you, you know, Hobby Lobby had stuff up July the 5th. After American independence, you know, we just, we're getting ready. Your lights are adorned, trees are up, you're buying presents, you're wearing ugly sweaters that you don't wear any other time of the year. You got hats on, we got little kids singing jingle bells, and man, I I wish y'all sang more like our kids sing. Man, y'all just, something happens when we grow up. We just get like all shy and embarrassed. Man, I love those kids just singing off key and offbeat and I just love it shaking their bells and it's just it's so fun but is there seriously this night that we're looking at today the 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 night that that the guys just sang about it is it's a different night in fact the 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 author Placide Capal says it was a holy night a, a, a holy night now when you when you use that word word holy, it's, it's, it's used in, in, in the Old Testament 57 times. It appears in the New Testament 232 times. And in, and in both the Greek and the Hebrew, that word holy means the same thing. It means to set apart. It means to consecrate. It means to dedicate. You see, this night was a night that was set apart, wasn't it? Th- th- this was a night that was, was a different night than, than, than ever before. You know, something that is holy has been set aside for special use. I believe that Christmas is, is, is a night, not just for us to go through the motions and just enjoy time off and time with our family and consume high caloric foods, right? No, it's set aside. It's meant for something special. Hey, do you know that we as followers of Christ are also called to be holy. In fact, do you know that we've been called holy? In one of his letters, the, the, uh, the Peter reminds followers of Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Look what he says. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, Peter was not just trying to give us a bunch of things at the beginning of this verse to make us feel good about ourselves, to just, you know, use that at the water cooler come Christmas party time. Ooh, I'm royal. You know, I'm chosen. I'm a, I'm, I'm it's not that, but, but look what he says. The, The reason we're that is so that we may declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. I'm just wondering, is there anybody in this room that is thankful that God has called us out of the darkness into his wonderful light? Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, even when you look in the Hebrew, the name Jesus in Hebrew means Yahweh saves. And so here's the deal through Jesus. God has set us aside as Christ followers. He has called us to be holy. He has set us aside to be used for making God's kingdom known here on earth. Do you hear that? We've been called. We've been set aside to make God's kingdom known here on earth. 
We're holy. That night was a holy night. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We are a chosen people. We are God's special possession. Why? Oh, to declare his glory. Are you with me today? Anybody sleeping yet? That's good stuff. I love that next line in this song. Placide wrote these words. He says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The soul felt its worth. I love that phrase. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's your soul's worth? What's your soul's worth? Now, I know that there are a lot of people who think that their soul isn't worth much. That they find all kinds of ways to, to downplay their intrinsic value. They, they listen to voices, voices that are external, that the world is chirping and saying. But they also listen to these internal, internal voices as well. They're, they're, they're listening to these voices that are telling them, hey, listen, there's nothing holy about you. There, there's nothing special about you. Royal priesthood, seriously, you know who you, and we listen to those voices, don't we? And because so many people listen to those types of voices, we don't find much worth with our soul, do we? But can I just tell you something about a holy night? That through Christ appearing, our soul has been restored and that our true worth is not defined by what the world says or what we, uh, what we are, or what our critics say we are. Listen, our true worth is grounded. Say grounded. Our true worth is grounded in the fact that God sent his son to us, that God loves us so much, that our soul is worth so much, that a transcendent God became imminent and dwelt among us. You're worth something. You're a big deal. If God was, was done with us, if he was put out with us, and if he was mad and frustrated, you know, he would have wiped the slate clean and just said, you know what? I'm going to do, do over. I want to do this again. But that's not what he did. God came to us. He came to a broken, tattered, ugly, sinful, wicked world. And he became one of us. And, and oh, by the way, let, let, let me remi remind you how wonderful you are. Let, let, let me remind you of, of the masterpiece that you are. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, God bought you with a high price. If God would have been mad and frustrated and done with us, you see, there would never have been a holy night. There would not have been the story of a baby born in a manger who came to set us free. The people that had been wandering in darkness for years, you know what? They would still be wandering. Those 400 years of silence between Malachi, the last prophet, and the birth of Jesus. Hey, listen, 400 years, nothing from God, no word, nothing. Listen, we would still be wondering if God was mad at us. But that's not what happened, is it? You see, there was a holy night in which a baby was born of a virgin. He was the king born to set people free. Aren't you thankful for that? Wow. 
And Jesus reminds us that every soul is worth something to God. You are. You're a masterpiece. You're a work of art. I know sometimes we say, oh, ain't he a work of art? No, you are. You are worth something because Jesus came. The next line in this, this great song may be my favorite line in all of the Christmas carols that, that we sing. I, I love this line that says, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. You remember that? The thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Now, I'm sure that the world that Jesus came into that night was weary. It was weary of Roman occupation. It was weary of religious oppression. They were weary of waiting for the promise of this Messiah that would come. They were waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. I mean, can you relate to being weary? Well, what is it that makes us weary these days? Weary of sitting in mall traffic? Weary of, of waiting in checkout lines, maybe? Maybe we're weary of, of, of being sick, maybe weary of the stress of, of the holidays, but, 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 but I wonder if, if that fatigue goes deeper. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're weary of looking for the right person. Maybe you're here and, and you're weary of looking for the right job. Maybe you're weary of, of wondering when life is going to be worth living. Maybe you're weary this morning and you're weary of waiting to see if God really cares about us. You're just, you're just weary. I love what Jesus promises us in the words of this song. That there's a thrill of hope. You see, in a world that is weary, I believe that there's hope. And it is thrilling. It is thrilling to be to be hopeful. People, I, I love when we're given hope. It's 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 thrilling. It it, it bubbles in us like 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 champagne. It, it it makes us smile. It makes us giggle and and look forward to to maybe when we've only been looking down. There's something. Oh, there's a hope that we look forward to. Hey, listen. The birth of Jesus signifies an end to our weariness. An end to it. Listen, you don't have to keep doing things the same way. You don't have to keep asking yourself the same questions. You don't have to wonder any longer today, is your soul worth anything? Oh, listen, yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I love that line. That is such a wonderful line, if only because it lets us say yonder. This Frenchman had some Texan in him, didn't he? Yonder. I love that. One of the most underutilized words in our vocabulary. It's yonder. Yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Oh. John says the word became human. The word. And he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Let me just stop right there today. Because that that sentence right there might be a word for someone here. Because you might find yourself today thinking, there's no possible way that God could love me, Jason. Do, do you know me? Do you know my track record? 
How could God, how could God have unfailing love towards me? I'm just telling you. I don't know you, and no, I don't know your track record, but I do know this. I know me, and I know that even in times in my life when I've not loved God, he has still loved me. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me, and you know it too. You need to know that God's love for you will not run. Listen, if he was done and if he didn't love you, there would never have been a holy night. There would not be a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger, born of a virgin. There would not be that story. But yet he loves. John says, we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, I love that. Listen, Jesus is no longer yonder. Jesus is here. Hope has come. It has. Yeah, I think you can clap. I think you can wave a white hanky if you want to. Hashtag white hanky moment right there, you know, wave it. But I love that. He's come. He's come. But the story isn't over. What I think makes this hymn different than, than many others that we sing at this time of the year is it's not only... Does it contain words of praise? But I think that there's a prescription in this song that Placide Capal wrote in that carriage on his way back to Paris. There's a prescription for us as well. See, Placide left us with some, some marching orders. Uh-oh. It's not just a cute song to sing at Christmas. He left us with some marching orders on how I think we're to respond to this thrill of hope that we have. Look, look what he says in the next verse. He gives us three tasks to accomplish. First, he says this. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Truly, he taught us to love one another. He taught us to what one another? Love. Listen, if we have been given hope by Christ's birth, then that hope will shine through in how we treat each other. Just look at that. If we've been given this hope by Christ's birth, listen, that hope is going to shine through us by how we treat each other. Let me ask you a question. How are you putting your hope on display how are you putting Christ, the hope you have, how are you putting that on display for other people to see? That sounds great to say in a sermon, doesn't it? But it's hard to live it out, isn't it? Listen, even when we're surrounded by hatred and violence, listen, that was the world that Jesus was born into. And I know that it's still the world in which we live in today. Listen, even despite that, we are called to treat each other with the love and peace that Christ has offered us. Do you believe that? How can we, how can we be the recipients of God's great love and then hide it under a bush? No. How can we keep that to ourselves? We're to go beyond being respectful and polite. I love what the hymn says. It says, chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, whose name? His name, all oppression shall cease. Hey, what, what, what's going to break the chains of oppressions in our country? 
The name of Jesus, not who's sitting in power in Washington, not, not what our economy's doing, not how big and mighty our military is. Do you know what breaks the chains of oppression? Placide Kapow knew his name. His name. Church, listen. We aren't called just to be nice. We're called to work so that others can enjoy those same blessings of freedom and justice. God's work is our work. Just as he's worked in us and what he's given us, listen, we are also to put that on display and dispense that to a world in need. Am I making sense to anybody? Let me ask you a question today. What are we doing to give others the thrill of hope? What are we doing to to help others break the chains of oppression? What are we doing to help others break the chains of addiction? What are we doing in order to help others break the chains of racism? What, What are we doing to show others the worth of their soul? What are we doing? Well, let me just remind you what Jesus called us to. In Matthew chapter 10, he said, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. That's what we're called to do. (laughs) What are we doing with this? Three people love it. Thank you. What are we doing with that? Finally, the, 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 those marching orders, would, we're, we're called to remember the source of all that we are. I love these words that say, sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Right? Let all within us praise his holy name. Let all within us praise his holy name. Can we be honest with each other right now? Do you praise the Lord with everything within you? Whoa. Do I give the king everything? Do I give him all my praise? Am I willing to be a little undignified for the one who has saved me? Am I willing to be a little crazy and look that weird by others? Am I willing to do that and risk that for the one who has changed my life? Now, I'm not saying that we have to have a David moment and run around naked through the city streets. Because that's just gross and inappropriate. But are you willing to give the king all the praise that is within you. You see, what's going to happen here about 7.30 is not a kickoff in Dallas. Some of you guys are going to hoot and holler and get crazy and act like morons for a football team. But yeah, we're going to come in here and we're going to worship or we're going to sit on our hands. And we're not going to give the king who saved us, the one who provided. We ain't going to get, mm-mm, I'm afraid of what people are going to say. Hey, tell that to freaking 85,000 people in Dallas today. What would happen? Let all within us praise his holy name. 
When's the last time you fell on your knees for God? We're called to praise God at all times and in all places because of what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. You see, on that night in Bethlehem, Christ came to us. And on this Christmas night that we're going to celebrate next weekend, 2016, Christ will be born in us. And starting that very night, listen, we are called to let Christ be born through us. Let all within us praise his holy name. Oh, holy night. From a socialist wine merchant to a Jewish composer, to an abolitionist preacher, (laughs) and across the airwaves, so much has happened that has brought this song to us today. (laughs) From a teenage unwed mother and a Jewish carpenter, In a little Middle Eastern town and across the centuries, so much has happened that has brought this song to us today. But the story is not over, is it? Listen, there is a weary world out there that is in need of hope. There are people out there that are in need of love and peace. Listen, you have friends, you have family members who who are shackled by grief and depression and loneliness. There are people that you don't even know who that you rub shoulders with that are held in bondage by oppressive systems and the power of prejudice. Will we be dispensers of the hope that we have? Why is there hope? Because Jesus was born. Oh, holy night, what a thrill. God has come. God is at work. And church, listen, he wants to work through us. What will we do with it? Do we have a song to sing? Do we have a, 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 a story to tell? Do do we have something to to tell them of the worth of their soul? Do do we have a a, a, a song to sing about a new and glorious morn? I believe we do. So church, listen. Go yonder and sing it. Go yonder and tell it. Go yonder and live it. Listen, Christ came once and he will come again. Joy to the world. He will come again. And we have got to go yonder and tell it. We have to. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm preached out. I saw no Nike commercial years ago, black and white, a runner running, no no commentator running slow motion and break through the finish line and then it collapses. And I love the words to that. The commercial, the words came on the screen, says this, if you cross the finish line standing, you didn't run hard enough. 
well, I've preached my guts out today, and I'm about to pass out right now, but here's the deal. As the band comes back up and gets ready to lead us out, let me ask you today, does Christmas thrill you? And I know we've talked about a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices yonder. I know we've, we've sang that today, but, but does it thrill you? Listen, you, 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 you know that we live in an imperfect world, right? And in order for there to be hope, there also has to be hopelessness, right? And some of you here this, this morning feel hopeless. Can I tell you that I'm honored that you're here today? Because I believe that you're in the right place to meet hope. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You see, listen, my world can be falling down around me and, and my health may fail me and friends may unlike me on Facebook. That is such a tragedy, isn't it? But yet I can still have hope. You know why? Because I still have Jesus. And when it seems that the world around me has fallen apart, I hold stronger to the hope, the anchor that I have. You see, when things look bleak, that's where hope lives. It lives in my relationship with Christ. The prophet Isaiah wrote, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Some of you today are looking for that. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I love that last sentence. The passionate, or the, the passionate commitment of the Lord will make this happen. Can I just tell you something? God is excited. He's zealous. He's enthusiastic. He's obsessive even to bring us this hope. He wants you to experience the great hope we have through Jesus. Do you have that hope? You see, without Jesus, you are hopeless. Because you can't find this peace described here. You can't do more, work harder, give more, come more, sing louder, raise your hands high enough. You can't without Jesus. He's the one that brings the hope. He's the one that brings the peace. And if you don't have Jesus in your life, you don't have hope hope. Good luck. Well, I love you too much to end it like that. Because I'm also reminded in scripture what it says in Romans 15, and this is my Christmas prayer for you. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you need Jesus. That is the only 
thrill of hope you can ever have. Do you know him? Have you said yes to him? What do you mean? No, have, have you come to that place where you just completely surrender and you fall into the arms of a loving Father in heaven and say, Lord, please take my life. It's yours. And I want you to become my guide. I want you to lead me. I need you, Lord, to take over because I can't make it happen. But I believe that you can. And God, I know that the only way that I can live a life of hope, of purpose, to have my eternal destiny set, I, the only way that's possible is, is by me believing in and receiving what Jesus did on the cross for me. Do you realize that with just one drop of blood, We're cleansed, we're forgiven, we're made new. Scripture says if, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away, all things would become new. Who doesn't want to be new? No one wants, I just want to be old. No, you don't. You want to be new. It's through Jesus. And I'm just wondering if you'd say yes to him today. Would you stand with me this morning? And I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come join me down front today. And, and here's the invitation to you. Listen, the, 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 the author of this song, Placide Kapow, he, he knew something. Chains shall he break. All oppression will cease. Listen, there's someone here today that is in bondage to an addiction, to self, to, to status, to whatever, you're in bondage to that. And I'm telling you, the only way these chains can be broken out of your life is through Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus, we sing, to break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. If you need Jesus today, you come. My friends are down front today. You want hope this morning, it's available. You want to be set free today. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain to break every chain. Do you believe that? Do you need hope this morning? There's power in Jesus. Sing it. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's power there. There is power. That's the invitation today. I need Jesus. I need the hope. There is power. To break every chain, break every chain. Break. It's not through status. There's power in Jesus. There is power in the name. It's not through you working harder. It's not if your parents were religious. No. It's not in church going. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Lord, that's my prayer today, that someone be set free. Thank you for the one that's come today. 
Thank you for those that have come earlier today, God, that have said yes to you. I'm praying for that person right now. Do not leave here today hopeless. Leave hopeful. And it's in Jesus. You need Jesus. You come right now as we wind this up and as we get ready to head out. There's power in the name of Jesus. You call upon the Lord. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, Romans 10 says, will be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you may not want to bow the knee now, but make no mistake about it. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's just get a head start on it now. You need Jesus. You come. So, Lord, I pray for that person today that is hopeless. I pray, God, that today that they would leave here with the hope that Jesus brings. I pray for that person here today that's facing something that seems insurmountable to them. I pray that they would understand that we stand down front today ready to come alongside of them and encourage them, God, with a word that might help them face the battle that they're facing. That's why we stand down front today. And, Father, may all of us be reminded in this room that we've been chosen. We are your special possession. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are called, God, to be dispensers of hope. We are called to declare the glories of the one who brought us from darkness into light. Oh, God, would you raise this church up to tell others the life-changing story, to speak of this oh, holy night. God, let us go yonder. And tell it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.